no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Hola, amigo. Hour number three, the national championship coming up. I count the hour. Five hours from now, Alabama and Georgia. Jordan Kleber, who you got? I got the dogs. Roll time. That's where I'm going. What you got? 800-998-1003. You dogs, you're Todd. Do you not care? Are you not watching out of protest? I mean, I, I'm watching. I'm, there's some people I'm telling you. I've already, I, I have a friend. I hate both schools. I'm not watching. <laughs> you know, does your dislike for Nick Saban make you want to root for Georgia? Do you just want to see something different or do you like me? I want dominance. Continue it. Do it. I never really got like why you hate like someone. I like, like a play, I, like I a think coach it's ridiculous. It's just like, just he enjoy it. Especially the only, the only player we could say is LeBron. Wait, especially. Well, that's different. That's he's, completely he's different. He's LeFraud. Yeah, LeFraud. LeBou. Um, especially when the man won you a national championship. <laughs> I've never understood that. Oh, hey, Nick Saban. All right. He did win you a national championship and single-handedly started the direction moving upwards at LSU. Like, brought it to the modern age. Like... Facilities, weight rooms, everything. Nah, I can't stand them. All right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Would I be killed if I said they should build a statue out front? You want a statue of Nick? Of Nick Saban outside, Nick Tiger, front? outside Tiger Stadium? I mean, you could make a case and argument for it. They're irrelevant, bro. I mean, I know Matt and them don't want to hear that, but I just, you know. The sense that LSU deserves to be national. I mean, it started because of Nick Saban. Because of Nick Saban. Anyway, look, I am interested though. It's a national championship game. I can't wait to see it. I want a good game. I, what I don't want, what I don't, I, I, I don't think it's going to be like the SEC championship game. I really honestly don't. 41 24 was the final there. Bryce Young, 421 yards, three touchdowns in that game against Georgia. Now, Michi is, Injured, you know, he's not there. Is that going to be a big difference? We'll talk to Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, 
bottom of this hour uh, when we speak with him. Marlon Favorite, next segment. We've touched on the Saints finishing 9-8. and eight. Uh, A couple of bit of news. We'll play some sound bites here as well, as obviously you can imagine. Bummed. That's kind of how I feel today, right? How do you feel today, Saints fans? I feel bummed. I also feel optimistic. I feel like there's a lot of Saints fans that aren't angry, just kind of feel bummed and optimistic. Jordan, the news, though, first on quarterback Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Um, the, we all thought it was like either plantar fasciitis. Um, but no, the, it came out today when Sean Payton was speaking to the media that he told reporters um, is expected to undergo surgery for a Liz Frank injury. He suffered in yesterday's game, so he will look like it lo- looks like he's going to be having surgery. So either way, Gus, he was not going to be playing next week. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about that as well with, um, the, the season that he had and everything. Again, I, th- I thought yesterday both quarterbacks came in and looked great. I mean, I'm sitting there I'm like, this is what offense looks like. Again, it, it was against the Falcons. Stop it. It doesn't matter. Have you seen who else they played that couldn't score either? You're right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, I thought Cam Jordan said it best too, though. Um, you could feel the pain. 94's heart. You know, this uh, this hurts. I hate it for our defense because I think our defense was so stellar. I hate it for our offense because I think our, over, our offense overcame a lot. Um, I hate not seeing a playoffs for the first time in, what, four, five years? This will be the four straight playoffs. So this is the fifth year. So the first time in four years that we're not seeing a playoff run. Um, time in the NFL is so finite. You have to be able to fight for each and every down, each and every game. You know, each season is a marathon, and when you come to the last game, it's a full-on sprint. And I feel like my team showed up and showed out beyond measure today. And that would have been a hell of a, a momentous push for a, a playoff berth, but that's just not in the cards. So now, get on this plane, go home, uh, kiss the kids, be with the family, try and heal the locker room. And I think the locker room has done a phenomenal job of sticking together this entire year through all the ups and downs. Um, you know, Sean threw out a stat. It was like we had the most starters interchange or whatever it is. We have 57 starters across the team. We've had, we've seen four quarterbacks play for us this year. Um, you know, we've had 22 <laughs> players down for a game and still was overly competitive. And, you know, it's, it's just a part of the defense. Our defense has been fighting. Our offense has been fighting. Our special teams has been fighting um, this entire season. And for us to not to uh, get into the playoffs, it's just, it is what it is. Before we get to Mark, Jordan, in case you're just joining us, four coaches have been dismissed as of uh, earlier this morning. No, Nothing new since this morning, though, really. A flurry of activity well, in that first yeah, hour. Nothing new, sun but came besides up. all four of these teams, yeah. basically, or five, if, if you can include the Giants, but they did not right. fire their coach yet, surprisingly. Um, all of them are looking at either like a replacement at GM or just to talk with coaches um, to hire here in the near future. But... The four coaches that have been fired so far from each team, the Dolphins, Brian Flores, Bears, Matt Nagy, Vikings, Mike Zimmer, and Broncos, Vic Fangio. Those are your four teams that have been that have fired their head coaches as of right now. Mark, thanks for calling the uh, sport hangover, sir. How you, uh, what you got today? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to uh, take Jordan's side tonight for the, uh, for the dogs. Okay, going dogs. Let's All right. go. So, go. Going dogs, man. I don't know. I just don't think that Alabama's not going to – something got exposed to them against Cincinnati, and Georgia's 
found something against Michigan, and I think that that's just going to take care of. Okay. George is going to take care of business. Um, what scares me the most about the Saints team is what you talked about earlier, which is, is Dennis Hallen going to get picked to yeah. be a head coach someplace else and leave that defense? And, you know, let's face Sean Payton, you know, I picked on him a lot this year. But to coach four different guys that 50, what, what he said, 57 different starting starters go out um, and still be within a field goal <laughs> of, a, uh, of, a, of the playoffs, um, you know, the guy can coach anybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but Dennis Allen, bro, that was that, – that defense was – that was like – I don't know if it was Dome Patrol good, right. but it was good. And, Mark, and it, it was, it was consistent. It was consistent all season long, and it's one of the reasons I think it could be attractive to what John called earlier, made the case for Tom Brady perhaps after this year. I think it's probably why Aaron Rodgers will take your phone call. I think it's why Russell Wilson probably listed – um, one of the things I, I think obviously Sean Payton is a massive, massive reason. The three men that I just said would even consider your football team, but yes, being able to say, Hey, look at the kind of defense that you got. Look, Juan Alexander, right? You have to decide if you're, if you're signing him to a long-term deal, Marcus Williams, your franchise having him last year. You have to decide that PJ Williams, he, he's coming up. He, he's a guy that's kind of a, you know, does a lot of different things, but you can find guys like that. I'm, I'm not really looking at, you know, I'm not going to say big contributions, but look, Marcus Williams, Quan Alexander, your two biggest questions, right? In terms of contracts when it comes to the defense. Offensively, it's Teron Armstead. He's the biggest one. Uh, you're hoping and assuming Michael Thomas is coming back healthy. And then obviously quarterback. Um, I think you're going to get better play from McCoy Ruiz, hopefully with getting everybody back and healthy and all that stuff and Ram check will be back. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think, I think you got a really good shot to be really competitive next year. I really do. If that, if, if that offensive line can figure themselves out, yes. I mean, they couldn't push their way out of a wet paper bag most mm. of the, most of the season this year. And that, that was just glaringly obvious, um, too many times. But I think, what do you? Well, I don't even think the draft looks that good in any of the positions that the mm-hmm. Saints need to fill. I mean, there's nobody that stands out on the offense across the board. That's, I mean, what the first four or five picks on on the mock drafts are all defensive players. Right, but again, you you pick you pick 18th, and I, I can tell you that receivers are a pretty deep position in the draft this year, in the first round. I think you'd be happy with some guys there as well from um, the wide receiver position. To your point, you know, and I was going to go over it here coming up, pro football focuses mock draft that they have already out there. The Saints pick 18th. I just, I, I like where you are at 18. I think you can, you know, sort of do that. It looks like the run on receiver starts at 11. So that's my, that's my point that I think if that's the case, you can move up three spots, four spots, five spots, find that. Maybe even, you know, an offensive lineman if that's the case. I, I think there's some interesting things that you can do. 
very much so. I mean, 18 gears are a spot. You can even move backwards if you can pick up an well, extra. You know, yep, I mean, no doubt. Sometimes it's about bodies, too, you know. If you can get you get two options instead of for one, you know, you have to look at it. But, you know, Toronto Armstead, I, he hasn't played a full season in, what, four years? Yeah, no doubt. Thank and you, Mark. Appreciate it. an A game. No, I hear you. Thank Appreciate the phone call. Let me get Gary in before the the break here. Pro football focus, again, way too early mock draft. I'm just telling you it's out. At 18, Jordan, you know what he got? Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. Um, at 11, at 19, here's what's interesting. At 19, the Eagles center Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa and the Steelers at 20, offensive tackle Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. So anyway, again, when you take a look at where the Saints are right now at 18. They have Corral falling to you. If he's there at 18, do you take a, you know, do you take a leap of faith on that? Or, you know, do you kind of move up? Look, they got Jamison Williams, the receiver from Alabama you'll see tonight, going to Cleveland at 13. Drake London, USC at 11. I like Traylon Burks. Let me see where he's at as we bring in Gary into the conversation. Gary, how are you, bud? I'm all right. You know what I wanted to tell you? And I'd like to tell if I could talk to the Georgia coach, I'd like to say this. Mm-hmm. Really, go look at the LSU game and mm-hmm. look at our defense the way we played them. We really played them really good. I mean, we had him at the, we had him, buddy. We sacked him a couple of times. We knocked the ball out of his hands. I mean, we, they only had four yards rushing the ball. Go look at the LSU tape. No, the, 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 the LSU game, is one of those things where you definitely go look at it again. A&M, obviously, because they beat them. Auburn had them. Auburn had them in that game, and then they came back from the dead on there. Look, I, they, they are beatable more than they have been in the past. You know, it's, I, I think it's more about Georgia tonight. Can Georgia overcome it if, say, one or two things go bad or if, you know, Alabama jumps out hot? I just, they, look, they were number one and undefeated in regular season for a reason. That is a really, really good team. I was shocked. I could not believe Bryce Young threw for 421 in that game, in the SC Championship game. It may be coaching. It may be coaching. You never know. Yeah. You'll be coaching. Very true. Well, thank you, buddy. Yo, who you Have got tonight? You got, who you got tonight? I, got, I want Georgia to win bad. <laughs> it is. Gary. You're uh you're along with two other callers with Jordan going go dogs. Yeah, now we're, we're that's right, go dogs. Right. There it is. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. I don't All know right. if my wife's gonna let me in the house, especially yesterday on the couch. She goes, "You can't possibly read for Alabama." I'm like, why? Wait, your wife's really this into it? Oh yeah. By the way, Kansas City selecting Draylon Burks, twenty nine overall. My goodness, like that guy needs another weapon, huh? It'll be interesting. So again, the Saints at 18. This is just one mock draft right now. No workouts, no nothing. But Matt Corral to the Saints at 18 pro per pro football focus. It's the sports hangover Marlon Fave right next on ESPN New Orleans.
For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ50 and AZ55 Gavalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received HealthGrade's 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. Once more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality and your satisfaction. Both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional, once again recognized by Health Grades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. It is the Monday after the regular season comes to a close. Marlin favorite. It's Dallas Cowboys in the postseason at Big Fave 504. Sorry to follow over on Twitter. Inside the trenches, the podcast. Marlin, good afternoon to you, man. Did you have a nice weekend? I had an excellent weekend, Gus. You know, you're right. The Cowboys did get in the playoffs. So it's crazy that I'm sitting here saying that the Cowboys and the Playboys. And the Playboys, right? Play, mm-hmm. Playoffs in my beloved. <laughs> My beloved Saints aren't in it. See, L.A. LA thinks they slick, man. They had that bad call a few years ago with us, and, and then now they're just going to go ahead and lose like that, like y'all couldn't beat the 49ers, like y'all just going to really do us like that, Gus. That's not fair, man. It's just not fair. You know what's interesting? We're looking at the playoff matchups coming up. I think the San Francisco-Dallas one's a dangerous one um, for Dallas. And Jordan went full cowboy yes. media member here. Go ahead. I, I, Express I, to Marlon what you said. Marlon, full cowboy media member. Listen Marlon, to this, Marlon. I, I think if they if the Cowboys lose against the 49ers, a lot of things are going to be changing. I think it could be blown up. Good. Great. I think, I think there, a lot of things are coming. 12-5. They were 12-5. and five. Yeah. You want to blow it up. Hey, can't get it blow done. Blow it up. They you put up 50 finish. points in the season finale, and you want to blow it up because they lost. Against the 49ers. Team that just squeaked by. And while they're Super Bowl favorites. Or not favorite, contenders. Marlon, this is apparently. the problem with you, 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 you know, with, with the Dallas thing here. 
Well, Gus, you know the beautiful thing is from mm-hmm. for the rest of the playoffs, we're gonna be talking about Dallas because you know they're the, te- they're, the, they're the closest team to us right now in the NFL. So we're gonna pull for Dallas this this week, New Orleans. You know the defense with Atlanta. We beat Atlanta yesterday. You know what? We went out with a bang, baby. You know I was listening to you and Jordan earlier. Mm-hmm. Y'all were talking about the quarterback thing, and you know Gus was making some good points about Taysom. He shared the same values as Jordan in terms of the Swiss Army knife. We all like that. Um, but it does make me think, right? Russell Wilson's out there. You know Deshaun Watson's out there, and and I, I like Jameis. Like I'm a Jameis fan. So. Michael Sippler dropped an article this morning I read, right, that the Saints won't be looking at a quarterback because they're going to go at some of these guys that we're talking about. So they're going to go after a receiver or, or, or a player of that value yeah. for sure. So do, y'all, do y'all agree with that? Is that what y'all were talking about earlier? Are we on the same page? <sighs> I, I'll say this, man. I – Again, I was looking at the pro football focus mock draft, and it's way too early. I get it, and I understand it, but they're just looking at – what could be available and all that. And <laughs> they got Matt Corral falling at 18 to the Saints, which, again, that's where he's been kind of mocked too as well. The first QBs likely aren't going until after the top 10, which I find surprising because Pro Football Focus has at number six the Carolina Kitty Cats going quarterback Sam Howell of North Carolina. Now listen to me. I am not, it's not personal. I don't know Sam Howell from Adam. If that's the best quarterback coming out of the draft, I absolutely am not drafting a quarterback. In the four games that I've watched from North Carolina that have been prime time of the bowl games, that guy's terrible. I'm like, I just, like, if that, I, I mean, like, I'm being ugly. Like, I'm just saying, if that guy, I don't, I do not look at him and think he's an NFL star. He cannot run anybody in the ACC. I just, I, I'm just, I'm just, Sticky oh my, noted. look, I'm just saying, please, Matt Rule, select Sam Howell with the number six pick in the NFL draft. Please do it. Please do it. Anyway, but to your point, Marlon, when you look at what's available and all, I asked Jordan, what position group, if, if Mickey called you, if Sean called you, hey, Marlon, where should we go? What do you think's the biggest need to address in the first pick? I do think the biggest need to address, and, you know, I love the line. I will go to the offensive line or defensive line, but we need a for sure wide receiver because, to your point, we're not about to – the the most talented group of quarterbacks won the past three years, to, to Mike Tripp's point. I agree with him. That, that, that's the last group of, of, uh, of good quarterbacks. So, at, at the very end of the day, you know, the way, the way you want to view that and the way you want to really approach that – uh, from the from the best perspective is, you know, find one of those guys. Russell made it very clear that he's ready to get up out of there. <laughs> you know, he says, my time's been great here in Seattle. And, and of course, there are places like um, uh, Pittsburgh that's going to be looking for a quarterback. I do believe that Tua's time might be gone, especially with Brian Flores being fired, which I didn't get that. That's a whole other subject. But, yeah, I do think that we – Stay within the building mm-hmm. with Jameis. Jameis did an excellent job. He, he is a first-round quarterback. Yeah, uh, unless you get Russell or one of them. Or Deshaun, I, I go back, Jameis. Run it back. <laughs> one of the things that a lot of Saints fans speak with Marlon Favor at Big Fave 504 is way to follow him on Twitter, um, that Saints fans have expressed is concern that Dennis Allen 
could be pulled away from the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, I don't think he would go anywhere to be a defensive coordinator. If he leaves, it's to be a head coach. Four teams have new openings. Jordan, go quickly through the teams. Yeah, the Dolphins, Bears, Vikings, and Broncos. The Broncos have already asked permission to speak to who? A few people, not okay. just one. Okay, but Dan Quinn? Yes, Dan Defense Quinn. coordinator. Marlon, the Bears, maybe, I, I but I think with... With Fields being their centerpiece, they're probably going to want to go offensive-minded to nurture Justin Fields. I think with the Dolphins, the reports are today that it was a fractured relationship that Flores won on the Tua bandwagon. The owner's like, no, Tua's our guy. So I don't see Allen going there. If, if Dennis Allen gets interviewed, I think I could see the Vikings which were built like a good defensive team when Zimmer had success, and the Broncos. I could see those two. Eric Bieniemy. now the Broncos are requesting permission to speak with. Okay, so when you look at Dennis Allen, do you think he's with the Saints next year, or what team do you think he would really fit for? Um, I think I got a point with the Bears. I think that would, that would be a good fit, although – on the other end, I would like to see Eric Bieniemy somewhere like a Denver coaching a Teddy Bridgewater. What about Miami? Oh, right. Miami will work. Miami got the defense. That's one thing about Miami. They have defense. Um, I do think, I mean, obviously the quarterback that now is too. I do think he's a starting quarterback somewhere in NFL. May not be in Miami. Mm-hmm. It, it, really, it, it really depends. I wouldn't mind and this is a far shot, and it may happen, I think Coach Sean Payton could develop a tour the way to his full potential. I, I think it's kind of one of those deals. It's like a Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow mm-hmm. had a really good offensive uh, core of coaches around him at LSU and in Ohio State, and then he goes in the NFL and it's a good fit with him and Zach Taylor. So uh, Miami might be the place. Okay. Uh, tonight, the national championship, Matchable Friday, we'll speak about the NFL playoff matches with tonight, man. It's Georgia and Alabama. I've asked, you know, where, where sides are you taking here? Jordan and three other callers. Go dogs. I'm rolling tide. So where are you feeling tonight? I, I'm honestly feeling something new. I, I want to see Georgia win. I know they're two and a half favor in this game. Um, Boy, I know those bets are going crazy right now. Folks are scratching their head because it's hard to go against Bama. But it, it, it's just to the old thing is sometimes it doesn't apply to Bama. But it's hard to beat a team twice. <laughs> I think that's going to be part of the, the the issue with it there as well. But take it inside the trenches. That Georgia D-line has been dominant all year long. But Will Anderson of Bama's pretty darn good as well, man. And what he's been able to sort of do. So, I, you know, I, I wonder, I guess, what star defensive player makes their case tonight? It, it's hard to, to, to bet against Will Anderson because, I mean, oh, yeah, he's been great. Uh, and and that's, that's what's really leaning me. That's really leaning me towards going with, um, you know, this being a big-time defensive matchup um, and, and the way they've, they've approached it. Uh, particularly the whole year, but but at at the very end of the day, I mean, you, you look at the year that Noah Smith has had, the linebacker for for uh, for Georgia. I mean, just cutting up against Miami. I, I think the guy might have had a sack, a total of eight tackles, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. 
I think that's, you know, one of those situations that it could go either way. But, I mean, Gus, I'm going to go ahead and skip to it, brother. I do think this is one of those 13-10 games. Oh, um, low scoring, huh? Two, no. Two defenses, man. I, I just think Georgia had the best defense all year. They're going to fight. Even though both sides have some electrifying athletes, um, but it, 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 it's, it's crazy. I think that's the only – well, I think that's the only way that Georgia could beat Alabama is if they do keep it a low-scoring game like a 13-10 to 10 because, I mean, their offense is good, but, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's better than Alabama's. I don't think they could go, you know, firing power shot for shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're going with this, George. Uh, Alabama, put it to you like this, Jordan. I, I do think that Alabama has a better shot at quarterback. Like, they have the better quarterback. No doubt. And it's funny, the SEC did like a little quick SEC short. Right. <laughs> it was like, how can we beat this team? Uh, but, but I do believe that that um, Georgia does step up this time around um, defensively and, and fight and, and pull off that, uh, that, that deal against Alabama. But I tell you, Bryce Young is something else. I think the one thing that really stands out to me in this is this. And I want to ask you this for last because you're a player here. we got about two, two and a half, three minutes. How much does it really exist in an athlete's mind, the past? Like if you struggle against an opponent, you know, you always say, you always hear the media say they're in their minds or you have to overcome it. I do think that's an opponent tonight for Georgia. If this game is close in the fourth quarter, if they have a lead and lose the lead, I think at some point that's a real thing to me, but I'm, I've never been in your shoes. Like if, the doubt starts to creep in. Can, can that be a real thing for this Georgia team? It, it can. It, it's very minute to me, Gus, and I'll tell you why. It, I, I do get the um, what's, what's the movie? Uh, Bobby Boucher. I do get that whole side. Waterboy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Waterboy. You know, it was in his head. On a guy across the way, but I just think at this point in time. Um, I, I, I just feel like it won't have that much of an effect. But I, I know how it is. You go against a against a, a person that constantly beats you and then in your head, like, oh, it's Alabama again. We can't beat them. But I just think it's a different case. Now, don't get me wrong. They, they brought it against them in the SEC championship. I mean, it, it got very crazy, um, especially once those athletes started taking over for Alabama and, and then Bryce Young's performance. But I, I just feel different about Georgia tonight. I don't know if it's the defense doing it for them. You know, somebody taking over on offense. But I know they're tired of the chatter. That does play a role for players, too. You get tired of hearing Alabama, Alabama, man. Roll over the tide tonight if you can. Hello, somebody. All right, so I'll put Marlon in the Go Dogs category here as well. Marlon, on Friday, we'll take a look at the playoff matchups, man. And, of course, how do you feel? San Francisco at Dallas in the middle game of three on Sunday. As always, man, I appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. I might be texting you throughout the game, bud. Yeah, it, it, it'll be fun. It, it'll be a nice one tonight. I'm just still tripping out off his two-and-a-half spread, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, my man. Take care. There he is. That Big Faith 504 is where to follow on Twitter. Inside the Trenches, the podcast. When we come back, we'll continue with our national championship chat. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, next on ESPN New Orleans. Today's pros need today's tools, and nobody understands that better than the Home Depot. Our app makes it simpler to get supplies ordered and delivered. Our online project calculators cut guesswork and last-second supply runs. Job site delivery puts what you need where and when you need it. 
and rental puts the right equipment in your hands, but not your overhead. That's how today's pros get more done. New tech, new tools, old-fashioned hard work. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., and screening helps prevent it. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Even if it doesn't run in your family, most often colorectal cancer occurs in people with no family history. And it doesn't always cause symptoms, especially early on. So don't wait for symptoms to get tested. Screening helps prevent the disease by finding precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. You might be thinking, oh no, not that test. But here's the thing, you have options. There's more than one screening test. Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses. If you're over 50, get tested. Because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. People talk about Joe Judge. I've been talking about Gettleman. The bottom line is John Mara, not only co-owner, but CEO and president, has to fire himself as president. He has been an abysmal failure for a decade now. A fish rots from the head down. And right now, we have a rotten fish head. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Well, we've reached it. It is here. The national championship is tonight, 7 o'clock over on ESPN. It is Georgia and Alabama, and the Dogs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ. Join us throughout the season to talk college football. First off, Happy New Year to you, Chip. How are you? I'm doing well, Gus. Happy New Year to you as well. And, uh, and yeah, we, we talk every week about this college football season. So happy to be with you before uh, the final game of the year. Before we get to the game, a couple of little bit of tidbits of news. Greg Sankey, commissioner, I mean, um, yeah, of the, of the SEC, speaking just a little bit ago about the the playoff, the expansion, all that different aspect that took place on that. I know they came to, I guess, no conclusion again when it came to expanding this to 12 teams and stuff. So uh, what is it? A 50? It, it, was, it was like a 50-50 vote yeah. on to, I think, move it up to, what, 2023, 2024? Yeah. Chip, wh- where do we stand with people that want to see the playoff expanded? I would preach patience because, you know, the uh, the efforts that were being made were, like y'all just mentioned, trying to be uh, getting ahead of, um, you know, getting ahead of when the contract expires. You know, the first, uh, the first season with the college football playoff was back in the 2014 season. We signed a 12-year contract uh, for the first set of it under the four-team model. And so, you know, with the idea of a, a plan for expansion, I think that they had really hoped that they'd be able to get everybody on board and be able to get them to push it up. But the fact is, and I think that all throughout this process, we found that the college football playoff as an entity actually has a lot more leverage by being able to try to take the college football playoff to the open market, which would mean uh, allowing this to expire. And there are some conferences in that room that are like, hey, look, we've got this great model. Fans are excited about it. Let's sign on the dotted line. Let's re-up this contract. Let's, let's go ahead and let's start making these hundreds of millions of dollars right now. 
while I think that there's a longer view being taken by some of the other conferences where they think that they would like to see a little bit more competition on the open marketplace uh, to drive up the price, and that would involve, again, allowing the current deal to expire. Chip, the the, the way that this year's college football playoffs uh, have kind of gone, do you think that it's been good for, you know, expanding it, or do you think it's kind of to Greg Sankey's, I mean, Sankey's point uh, where they, they shouldn't just keep it at four teams? This year's uh, college football playoff, I don't think really did uh, anything specifically alone for the expanded playoff. I think the fact that so many of the other New Year's Six games were great, right. specifically the Rose Bowl between Ohio State and Utah and the Fiesta Bowl with Oklahoma State's incredible win against Notre Dame, to have those games happening on January 1, have them be thrilling and have it be the day after the college football playoff semifinals, which are not thrilling at all, kind of brought this idea that it's like, hey, well, if we've already got all these games and we've already got all these teams, why can't they all be involved in the same playoffs? I don't think it was the right. semifinals exactly, but I do think that when you put in contrast to those other very good games that just happen to not have any kind of playoff implications, I think that's what has a lot of fans being like, if we could only make the, that Fiesta Bowl and that Rose Bowl part right. of the playoff, yeah. well, well, then we'd, we would have a better product. No doubt, and I think I think one of the things I know for me, I, I'm a proponent with the more the merrier, and it actually would make the bowls worth something. And I also think Chip, silly me, trying to think of how feasible it is to go see some of these games. I think it's you know, and, and I would say like you know, I don't I know this would never work, but this is just me thinking, Chip. Like you, the so those quarterfinal games or whatever, you know, you cap it, you know, four hundred fifty bucks, is, is, and then you can make sure that those bowl games there right now. For the most part, unless it's the New Year Day ones, Chip, you got like 4,000 people, 5,000 people in some of these other bowls. So, you know, if they mean something now and you cap, you know, the tickets and price, most of the fan base can then go follow their team, even if it's game one of their run to the national championship. Because by the time you get to tonight, Chip, and you know this, it's predominantly in that stadium in Indianapolis. It's not the regular fan base, not even really that much students. It's all corporate and different other things that those tickets get allotted to. If you can even afford to go to those games. So to me, the more you game, the more games you have for these schools, the more opportunity a fan base can actually then go and, um, yeah, and, and see. That. Well, the thing that they're concerned about is they want these fan bases to be engaged later in the season. You know, they, that is the one piece of evidence that I've really been able to read and understand is that, you know, under uh, an expanded model, you just have more teams that are in the playoff hunt in the month of November. And, you know, that is, like you said, if, if you go more the merrier, it's not just about traveling to the games, being able to attend these games, but it's also, you know, building around this idea that uh, you are, as a fan, even if you're not thinking that, you are going to be able to line up against an Alabama right. and Georgia and win the national championship. At least you've got the opportunity to be in the mix for a playoff spot. And I, I think keeping that conversation open later into the year does end up having uh, some positive effects, 100%. Speaking with Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, the national championship is tonight. So that's kind of some of the outliers and things that have happened. The other thing that they hit on both coaches, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, was the NIL thing. I, I I read it and heard it differently, I guess, than a lot of people that are like, oh, Bam and Georgia's complaining about the NIL. I, I think what they were saying is that if it, you don't watch it, it this is still going to favor your Georgia and your Bamas and things of that nature. 
it's not going to hurt them. And, and then you're going to have dominance by certain schools because they can pay the most and, and you know, uh, somehow procure all kinds of different, you know, sponsorships with, with the, you know, the boosters and all of that that they have in the fan bases. What, what did you make out of the comments that Saban and Smart said about the NIL? I think that um, they they like to be able to have the um, the messaging, at least, that they are working within something that is going to be a version of college football that some of their most important you know, university and program supporters are going to feel is in line with what they would like to see about college athletics. And that means that they want to be able to have some takes and some opinions that are going to get the approval of people who still believe in amateurism and do believe that heading towards a, a way of professionalization is going to be something that is not going to be great. So they have to do this uh, delicate dance where they toe the line between connecting with 16-, 17-, and 18-year-olds and being able to empower them in ways that name, image, and likeness does, while at the same time giving the same kind of messaging to some of these older boosters, some of these older university administrators, and being able uh, to play uh, to their camp as well. So, I mean, shocker, you know, some of the most skilled politicians in America are actually college football coaches, right? Especially when we talk about the ones who have to be out there on the recruiting trail. I ultimately didn't take a ton away in terms of criticism from that, just because uh, both Georgia and Alabama are going to extreme lengths to be able to help these athletes maximize off name, image, and likeness. So while those comments can stand in isolation, we've also got the examples of what Alabama and Georgia are doing to help those athletes make money. I mean, Nick Saban stood up at SEC Media Days and said that Bryce Young was making a million dollars, right? I mean, it's just uh, it doesn't seem to line up that they're totally against it while also helping their players profit from it. Hey, Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. All right. It's time to actually talk about the game. Let's get to it. I asked simply uh, everyone today on the show, including Jordan, the intern, across from me, who you got? I went roll tide. You went. Go dogs. Chips. Chip, tell, please tell Gus why my team is going to win tonight and not Gus's team. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I've got Alabama 28, Georgia 27. 28-27. <laughs> okay. And I here's here's what I think, man. It's just all right. So, do you know what the the score is in the second half, or excuse me, everything after halftime? Obviously, you know Nick Saban against Kirby Smart. It is Alabama four. It is Georgia zero in those four matchups. But uh, the score after halftime, which means the second half from three of the games and the overtimes from the national championship, the second half score is Alabama eighty two and Georgia 24. What is happening in this matchup that has allowed Alabama to more than triple the amount of points that's being scored after halftime? It's because we've got the greatest of all time, and we've got somebody who ain't there yet. It's because halftime adjustments made on the Alabama side have been the difference in allowing Alabama to win all these games, and I 100% contribute that to the presence of the GOAT. And so I've got a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback against a great story. I've got uh, a Kirby Smart has Georgia right on the cusp of, you know, rewriting four decades of misery that they haven't gotten another national championship. But we've also got an Alabama team that's battle tested. They've won high scoring shootouts. They've won low scoring grinders. They've had to go 97 uh, yards at the very end just to force overtime to keep their national title hopes alive. Georgia's had basically just one game, and it's just a game where Georgia dominates the entire way. 
Mm-hmm. I think the flexibility and the styles of games that Alabama has won allows it to be better suited to come out on top of a game that, honestly, any result I think I would believe because it is a fantastic matchup. But, you know, I, I don't get – you know, I, I don't get asked to waffle. I get asked to make picks. And so my pick is Alabama 28, Georgia 27. There it is, Jordan. There it is. Oh. I, look, I just honestly want a nice competitive game in the fourth quarter, and I think we're going to see that. Um, Bennett versus Young. Look, obviously Young threw for 421 yards. My conventional goosey wisdom here is going to say that's not going to happen again. So kind of maybe cut that in sort of half. So my question to you is, Chip, can Bennett put up 250 in the air? Do you think he needs to? He need, the only stat that's important for Stetson Bennett the fourth is the interception column, and he needs that to be a zero. Okay. Because in the FCC championship game, he threw two picks, and both of them were in the third quarter. I mean, the, the first three drives for Georgia coming out of the locker room in the FCC championship game were interception, turnover on downs, and an interception returned for a touchdown. Georgia's mistakes and inability to convert and execute in that third quarter totally cost them the game. So the most important thing for Stetson Bennett is not the amount of yards. It's going to be the amount of turnovers, and it's going to be the mistakes. Be a game manager. Don't try to be anything more. because uh, he. And so I, I expect there will be some more of that as well, playing the perimeter and trying to avoid whatever kind of weaknesses you have because of those injury issues. I mean, even if they've got them in the lineup, you've got to expect that they're limited. All right. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. He's going tied by one, Jordan. Wait, Chip, I just saw it on the, on the TV. Which way are you watching this game? Oh. There's like, I just, it just pulled, popped up on the TV. There's like 50 ways <laughs> yeah. to watch this game. 4K Skycam. So that it's the closest thing you get to all 22 nice. in a big game like this. Nice. I like that. I think I'm going to do that as well. That's why you got the 4K TV. Chip, I really do appreciate you finding time on the afternoons, man, once a week during the football season and on today, the national championship day. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, man. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Enjoy yep. the game. There we go, CBSSports.com's Chip Patterson, CBS Sports HQ here as well. I love Chip. Chip's good. Chip's been with us for a while, man. Been with you for a while. By the way, January, it's today. January 10th. I just thought about that. It's my 13th anniversary or 12th? When did we start? No, 12th. Oh, although you're talking about your wedding. I'm like, wait, then no, that just happened? No, the sports hangover started January 10th, 2000, uh, the year the Saints went to the Super Bowl. 10. Yeah. So t- 12 the, the, years. The 9 10 season. Today's the 12th year anniversary. And I just realized that with the final segment to go. Darn, I would have what what done a lot more on the show today if I oh, well. thought about it. Oh, well. Sports Angle continues next on ESPN New Orleans. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-size problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. 
The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish High School. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student-athletes annually along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. The old dreaded vote of confidence. You know the old vote of confidence thing, right? When somebody's on it. I don't know if that's what it was. I think she was legitimately just like surprised. I just texted my wife. I'm like, by the way, I just realized that today's 12 years of the show. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Has it really been that long? So I guess it's a good thing, right? I mean, like, time flies when you're having fun sort of thing? Or do you th- is it the Cub and Saints fan in me that, that took it as a well, surprise? At least you're not Bears long. chairman Greg McCaskey. This guy here. First, we, we got to wait. I forgot. We got to do uh, we gotta do Matt Rule first. We have to. And then send me the link to that guy on um, – there's multi. No, it was like a it's whole. Too many. It's okay. a whole press conference, and he just says the well, most. Once again, things. it is Black Monday. As of now, Matt Rule, the fact that he's having his press conference as to what they're doing next year, he is being retained as the head coach of the Carolina Kitty Cats. Congratulations, as the graph once said, with several of the Falcon head coaches, including Mike Smith. As long as he's there, the Saints have a shot. <laughs> and uh, again. Something to maybe make you feel a little bit better if you're the Saints. Or Saints fans. Because Saints fans today, I would say, Jordan, they're bummed. But I think overwhelmingly our calls today have been, there's energy, there's confidence, they can't wait for the draft. Momentum going into next season. They can't wait for free agency. Yeah, there's like no doubt that they feel, hey, we're absolutely going to be right back in. We're a piece or two away. Mind you, a piece or two away is quarterback. (laughs) But I mean, still, that's what I'm saying. It's remarkable. Like, the most important piece on a football team. You don't know. Fans, we're back. We're coming, baby. Watch out. We don't know who it's going to be, but we're going to be just fine. Here's Matt Rule on the question um, about Sam Darnold. And would he have success here and things of that nature? Um, um, bringing him here to be the starter, you know, knowing that if he had a great year that, he, you know, he would – he would be a high, high you know, high price guy, and if 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 he's a starter at that number, it's, that's 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 low end starter money. So um, that was a decision made. Um, uh, it was a collective decision, and you know, um, uh, I can't have much more said than that. To be honest with you. Wow, that is uh, the answer to the question: Why did they pick up that option in a contract? Remember, we had Chris McLean on last week. He's like, you you have to bring it back, like it's too much money. It's you know. High 20s. Does that sound like a guy that's confident in Sam Darnold? No. Yeah. No. We just thought he was good. Yeah, yeah we just, well, you know. If we thought we, we brought it him back. Unanimous. It was, good, it was a unanimous. That's the kind of money I'd think I'd be good in. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 
again. That's basically what it was. Let me tell you something. Pro football focus, again, I understand it's January 10th. But their mock draft. That's the kitty cats picking Sam Howell from North Carolina. I put on a sticky with the note. Sixth pick overall. You better hope he doesn't turn into Please. a Pat Mahomes. Have you watched him? You know who else came out of North Carolina? Michael Jordan? No. You know what? Saturday night, you might catch a glimpse of him. Maybe, maybe. Holding a clipboard in Buffalo. As the backup. Mitch Trubisky. How'd that turn out? Obviously, I'm gonna under, tell you something. Obviously, under management, yeah. that was is basically a dumpster fire with them. Oh, here we go. Firing, yeah. Head coach Matt Nagy mm-hmm. and Ryan Pace being yeah. fired, and then they're, they had this. Yeah. They had this whole press yeah. conference. You know why they got fired? Because they they drafted that guy. You, you they know what, drafted him. You they know moved. The no, they didn't just you know draft what the chairman. They just moved said? up for him. You know what the chairman they said? Should though? have been fired. Didn't have the right pieces to, to teach. Yeah, the kid. no, you didn't have the right pieces. You drafted him. Did, did, did Joe Burrow have the right pieces? They blew up did it. Justin Herbert have the right pieces? Some of these other guys that are I mean, they, like you can see there's talent. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have any of the pieces, but you can see, like you can see that guy can make plays for you. You can see that guy is somebody you build around. They won a single solitary time. You ever watch Mr. Biscay or Sam Howell at North Carolina go, that guy. I'm sorry. I saw like two, three of those last like four games that was on national TV. Bowl game or whatever, you know, it was the only game. I'm like, oh, I literally text my friends. I'm like, guys, y'all got to put this on. Like, I'm just telling you, like, Per Schefter and all these guys, he's like, it's going to be one or two taken. And I was like, if that guy's an NFL starter, Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just, just, I'm just, like, you knew, right, of, like, even Matt Corral and stuff who's ranked below this guy. Like, you can tell me some games you saw, like that Arkansas game or something. Like, you you can see some moments, right? Passing the ball, bombs, making reads, running the football. I think the Saints should go after this. That's all the time we have for you. And thankfully, that's all the time we're having a show. No, and that's, no, that's that wasn't even the show. worst take. Bears chairman Greg McCaskey says, I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. And then he also followed up with the decision of hi- uh, the yeah. hiring yeah. Ultimately, ultimately is mine, meaning the coaching yeah. hire well, and the GM hire. And that's why if you're a Saints fan, you're completely fine with where are they going next year. Just you trust them, and then you're going to show up and watch what's happening in trading camp. That puts an end to our show. That must go down after further review. National Championship game right here on ESPN New Orleans here as well. Tune in and listen to it tomorrow. We'll talk about it. That must go down after further review next on ESPN New Orleans.